unholy shock of black hair that fell over his forehead, knew that the British North Polar Expedition had brought the brass tablet from London in anticipation of passing the grave. From his research, Loomis had learned that not long after the ensuing ceremony at the grave, complete with the hoisting of an American flag, the British expedition came limping back, defeated by the most unwelcoming weather on the planet— having fallen short of its goal of reaching the North Pole and, with two of its own, victims of scurvy, dead and buried in Arctic tundra. The grave, which came to serve not as a warning beacon but as a beckoning signal to those who followed, had since been visited by other hardy souls. Those paying homage included, in 1881, the Greeley Expedition— Twenty-five American soldiers under the command of Augustus Greeley, another failed Arctic effort, which cost the lives of nineteen and ended with the survivors telling tales of starvation, mutiny, shipwreck, execution, and cannibalism. American explorer Robert E. Peary passed several times aboard his support vessel USS Roosevelt between 1898 and 1909. The final resting place of Charles Francis Hall The commander of the U.S. expedition to discover the North Pole had long been sacred ground to Arctic explorers of every nationality. It had to do with the remote location of the lone grave and the mysterious death of the man, as well as the nature of the mission itself. In a race against other nations, foremost among them England, America's first attempt to reach the North Pole had garnered the enthusiastic support of President Ulysses S. Grant and Congress, and captured the imagination of the press and public in the same way a future generation would follow the space race and man's effort to reach the moon. The college professor came to understand just how sacred the old grave remained when he had sought permission from Denmark's Ministry for Greenland to travel to Polaris Promontory and disinter Hall's remains for an autopsy in the hope of solving the mystery that had long surrounded the captain's untimely demise. After months of official inquiry by the U.S. government, many troublesome questions had remained unanswered, including the biggest one of all. Had Captain Hall died a natural death, or had he been murdered most foully, poisoned to death by one or more members of the small hand-picked crew? After a letter-writing campaign to officials brought no results, Loomis traveled to Copenhagen where he met with Count Eigel Knuth, an advisor to the Ministry on Proposed Projects in Greenland, a territory of Denmark. An archaeologist, anthropologist, and experienced Arctic explorer in his own right, Knuth had been one of the last men to see Hall's final resting place a decade earlier, only the second visit to the Polaris Promontory since Peary had passed there fifty years before. Knuth, who had himself discovered the remains of an ancient civilization in northern Greenland, made it clear he was not disposed to approving a visit by a team of American grave diggers. In fact, the whole idea seemed repugnant to him. Loomis took the position that history deserved the truth. Given the high latitude of Hall's burial, the professor went on, there is a good chance that the body will be well preserved. But, sir, Knuth replied, This is hallowed ground. Only when Loomis guaranteed that his team would leave the grave in the exact condition in which it was found did Knuth begin to relent. Finally, to the professor's surprise and delight, Knuth gave his approval. Standing at the graveside, 
Loomis and his colleagues saw evidence that foxes had pawed at its surface. Also, lemmings, a mouse-like arctic rodent, had at one time burrowed into the mound, no doubt for protection from the harsh elements. The weather-beaten epitaph on the headboard, erected by one of Hall's crewmen within days of his death, was carved into a pine plank taken from USS Polaris. At the time, the ship was stuck in an impenetrable ice pack nearby. In addition to name, rank, age of the deceased, and date of his death were these words, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Shovel in hand, the strapping ex-marine Tom Ginu, who had been added to the expedition for his physical strength and youthful stamina, began to dig through the shaly surface, which resembled crushed rock more than earthen soil. It was a shallow grave.